Well, good evening, Family Church Haven't. Welcome to Sunday Night Local. How you doing? I hope that you're well and that you've had a great day. And uh, whether you're watching this live on Sunday evening, Sunday the 7th of March, it's 8pm. And I hope that you're ready for the Word of God this evening. Or maybe you're catching up with this a little bit later on during the week and uh, just taking time to receive from God's Word. Either way, I pray that this is a blessing into your life. Um, as you listen to it and um, hopefully you've enjoyed the sun tomorrow of course the kids are going back to school and so in this household we've had three girls getting ready um, to go in three different directions tomorrow and the school run uh, begins but it's good we're heading back to uh, a place of somewhat more normality and of course as a church we're looking at steps taking forward to regathering excited about what's going to be possible over the coming weeks and months. And so on Sunday the 18th of April, you would have seen we've sent out some communication. We are restarting kids' church for the school age groups. And so that just feels significant that it's the first step. And we hope that there's going to be many more steps very quickly after that to a full regathering of us all on a Sunday uh, morning. Before that, a um, couple of things that I want to plug this evening. Um, there's a worship night that's taken place on on uh, Thursday the 18th of March. There we go. Thursday the 18th of March, 7.30pm. And also the prayer gathering at the end of March, the 29th of March at 7.30pm again. So we need you to pre-register for those events. Uh, there's links in your emails. You can go to family.church as always. Um, but exciting times as we step forward into what God has for us next and that thought of just regathering just excites my heart so much to be able to do church together in person fully as we would like. But tonight we're going to start a brand new series. Excited about having the opportunity to share these thoughts with you and it's entitled The Believer's Toolbox and over the coming weeks you're going to see why we've entitled it The Believer's Toolbox. Um, but essentially we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've been watching Sunday Morning Church, you'll know that Pastor Andy's been uh, doing a series himself on the person of the Holy Spirit, speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and why the Holy Spirit is in our life. And so this really dovetails perfectly uh, Sunday evenings as well as Sunday uh, mornings. And of course, we've been talking on Sunday mornings about the fact that the Holy Spirit is not an experience. Um, he's not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Godhead. And he's not a part of God. He is God. Just as God the Father is God and God the Son, Jesus Christ, is God. So the Holy Spirit is God himself, forming the third person of the Godhead. As we know, the Trinity. God in three persons. Blessed Trinity. Now, it's important for us to understand as well just as we lay the foundation tonight that the Holy Spirit has always existed. The Holy Spirit wasn't invented by God in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit has always existed. He's been part of the Trinity since the very beginning. In uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and that word for God in Genesis chapter 1 is a word Elohim which is plural. It actually carries a connotation of meaning more than two. And so the Holy Spirit was uh, was creating with the Son and with the Father in that moment. Verse two of Genesis chapter one says this, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So the Holy Spirit has always existed. And throughout the Old Testament, you see the Holy Spirit in operation. But here's the reality. In the Old Testament, as you look at it, you realise that the Holy Spirit, his scope was limited. 
and his 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 function was temporary it was for a moment that he came and empowered somebody to make a difference and then he would be no longer with them in that moment uh, here's a few examples we're not going to um, read these for the sake of time tonight but if you want to just reference these and look at them a little bit later on then you can do so three references would be judges chapter 15 verse 14 1 chronicles 12 18 and ezekiel 11 verse 5 judges 15 14 1 chronicles 12 18 and ezekiel 11 verse 5 where you'll read in those moments of god's holy spirit coming upon a person empowering them for a moment for a certain activity or a certain season but then he wouldn't necessarily remain with them now the good news is that for us today as new covenant believers as pastor andy's been opening up so well on a sunday morning the holy spirit doesn't come upon us for a season or an activity or a temporary moment the holy spirit now lives within us 1 corinthians 6 verse 19 to 20 Paul speaks about the fact that he doesn't turn up for special occasions he's continually with you and within you it says don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit remember the temple in the Old Testament was the place where God resided now Paul is saying as a new covenant believer in the outworking of a new covenant that Jesus established through his death and resurrection your body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit God's dwelling place. The Holy Spirit lives in you and was given to you by God. Paul goes on, he says, do you not realise that you do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price? That's an amazing thought, isn't it? That the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, it's not a new addition or a downgraded version, the same Holy Spirit who hovered over the waters of creation, the same Holy Spirit who who breathed life into the dead body of Jesus Christ and raised him from the dead in that moment and the mortal body of Jesus came back to life. That same Holy Spirit is now resident inside of your life. Not so that you would have a nice experience in a service or have goosebumps. The Holy Spirit is in your life for life transformation and for God to use you to extend his kingdom and to enforce his kingdom on the earth. This is exciting to look at together so the holy spirit does a number of things in your life but two things that i believe would be central are these that he grows your character and he equips you with supernatural gifts now there's a whole load of things that the holy spirit does as pastor andy was talking about this morning but two things that are really central are that he grows your character transforms your character and he equips you with supernatural gifts now the first one Let's focus on that just for a very brief moment. The first one would, of course, be the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we did a whole series on this in Sunday Night Local last year. That's available for you to catch up on if you didn't catch any of that. But Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23 says this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So as we learn... As we naturally yield, which means to give way to surrenders, we daily give way to God's Spirit now within us and we move ourselves out of the way. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. More and more, we'll display the nature and the character of God. We'll display the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This one fruit with nine different characteristics. But also, and this is where we're placing our focus on in coming weeks, the Holy Spirit gives us 
spiritual gifts. So turn your Bibles, if you've got them, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm just going to give you a moment to turn there. Whether you've got a physical Bible um, to hand, that's great if you do. Or maybe you've got your phone and it's got the Bible app on there. But just take a moment to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because I want us to read this through together this evening. I'm actually going to read the bulk of this chapter to you right now because over the coming weeks we're just going to dip in and out of it we're going to pull out um, different verses and really drill down into those verses but tonight as we are in this introduction week and overview week I really want to read the bulk of this um, to you and then what we're going to do is look at uh, what we're going to cover in this series and I'm going to drill down into one particular aspect of it in the time that we have left so 1 Corinthians chapter 12 Beginning at verse 1, it says this. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So Paul didn't want them ignorant about these things. He wanted them um, to understand them correctly so that God could use them and operate these gifts through their lives effectively. It's important to be biblically informed. That's why we're taking the time to journey through these thoughts over these coming weeks. Skip down to verse 4. It says there are different kinds of gifts. But the same Spirit distributes them. Very different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Very different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one it is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given the Spirit of a message through the Spirit, sorry, a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of that same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of those tongues. All these are the work of a one and the same spirit. And he distributes them all to each one, just as he determines. Then Paul goes on to talk about uh, the fact that we are one body in many parts. Let's read those verses. It says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And then he gives this physical example doesn't it it says now if a foot should say because i'm not a hand or do not belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being part of a body and if the ear should say because i'm not an eye i do not belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being part of a body if the whole body were an eye where would the sense of hearing be if the whole body were an ear where would the sense of smell be but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of a body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. 
If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are of a body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Some amazing verses there in that letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And here's some homework that I want to give to you right at the start of this series um, because I want this to change your life over these coming weeks and so here's what I want you to do I want you to take time over the next six weeks to be in 1 Corinthians 12 uh, and I want you to read it maybe from different translations um, just look at different parts of the passage over this time and really meditate and chew over these thoughts and think about how it impacts your life in the lens of what we're going to teach on a Sunday evening but also what Pastor Andy's been sharing on a Sunday Morning. So here's what we're going to look at over the coming six weeks. We've entitled, as I said, the series, The Believer's Toolbox. And because it gives us a great image of what God wants to do in your life through the spiritual gifts that he has given to you. If you think of a natural toolbox, and this is why we're using this image, there will be certain things that you may need to do around the house. And in order to do those tasks, you're going to need certain tools. So within the context of a toolbox, you may have a screwdriver that you need for a certain job. Or maybe another time you need a hammer, another time you need a spanner or whatever it might be, a wrench. At different times, you'll need different things in order to achieve the task. Likewise, God has given us tools. They're known as spiritual gifts for us to use for his glory and for the benefit of the body of Christ to accomplish what God has asked us to do. And sometimes that tool may be prophecy. Another time that tool may be a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Another time it may be tongues. Another time it may be discerning between different spirits. That there's a tool or a gift that God has for every occasion. Now tonight we're going to look briefly at the toolbox itself, which in this context is a grace of God, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that. And then we're going to move on the following week to look at the actual tools themselves. So we're going to spend one week uh, as an overview looking at spiritual gifts, why they're given um, to us. Then we're going to spend three weeks uh, breaking those gifts down and looking at three different sections. Week one, we're going to look at the revelation gifts, which are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Another week, we're going to look at the gifts of utterance or the gifts of inspiration, as they're known, the gift of prophecy, different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. We're going to spend one week looking at what are known as the power gifts, which are faith, the gifts of healing, the working of miracles. And then we're going to end the series by spending one week looking at the motivation for using these gifts, which of course is love. And we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to understand how that isn't just a standalone chapter on love to be used at weddings, even though there's nothing wrong with that. But actually the context for that chapter all about love was indeed this spiritual gifts and the motivation for using them. So I wanted to give you an overview of where we're headed um, so that you have a kind of a pathway that we're going to be on together. But I want to encourage you not to miss any of these weeks, whether you're watching this live or whether you catch up with this later on. Make sure that you are part of this journey together. So tonight, let's just begin to open up these thoughts and let's look at the toolbox as we're terminating in the 15 or so minutes that I've got left. We're going to focus in on that and really tonight we're laying a foundation upon which we're going to build in the coming weeks. So the toolbox in this context is the grace of God. 
we need to live with this foundational understanding that everything that we have, everything that we have been given, is given to us through the grace of God. Now that's so important when it comes to this thought of the spiritual gifts, because otherwise we're going to look at spiritual gifts and we're going to try and force them in our lives, or we're going to try and earn them, or we're going to try and just achieve them. And when we make it about us, and we don't realise that it's all through the grace of God, then we're going to end up in a place where we feel condemned, where we feel weak, where we feel like we failed in this area or that area. We need to realise that these are spiritual gifts. The clue is in the name. They are spiritual gifts. They're not spiritual achievements, uh, G, uh, GCC of spirituality. They're not spiritual qualifications. They're not spiritual uh, rewards. None of those stuff. They are gifts given to us through God's grace. Now, grace is, of course, a word that's read of a lot in the Bible. It's threaded throughout the entire narrative of a word of God. And the word for grace in the Bible is this word charis. Charis. And we're going to come back to that, but essentially it means this, the unearned, unmerited favour of God. Now that word is used a lot in the writings of Paul, but it's also used in other contexts as well. Let me just give you two examples of that, of a word being used outside of the epistles and what Paul wrote. So one of those would be Luke 1 verse 30. Luke 1 verse 30, and the angel has just come to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and it says this. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour. That means charis, grace. You have found charis with God. Acts chapter 7 verse 46 speaks of David, and it says David found favour. David found charis. David found grace with God and asked God for the privilege of building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob. So charis or grace is this amazing facet of our relationship with God. And, and I'm passionate about the grace of God. Kirsty and I are passionate about people walking in the grace of God, discovering the grace of God, being transformed by the grace of God. So passionate about it that we named our first child Gracie, which of course speaks of grace, the unearned, unmerited favour and goodness of God. We then gave her the middle name Hannah which means the exact same thing for grace and favour, the unearned, unmerited goodness and favour and grace of God. Grace, charis, is an amazing thing that we have been given. Grace and charis is, of course, what we have been saved by. Titus 2 verse 11. A lot of scripture tonight, but we are studying the word of God together, so hopefully that's good. Titus 2 verse 11 says, For the remarkable, undeserved grace of God, that brings salvation, has appeared to all men. That's what the grace of God is. It's remarkable. It's undeserved. Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 9. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift. Underline that word gift in your Bible. It is a gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. The New Living Translation puts verse 9 this way. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Our good works, we know this, do not save us. But when we fall into a works-based mentality, and maybe we know we're saved by grace, but then we think, well, everything else that comes from God, we have to earn it. We have to earn his love. We have to earn his faithfulness. We have to earn these gifts. When we live that way, do you know what we do? We dismiss the grace of God out of hand. 
We think we, we don't need your grace of God. This is about me and what I can achieve. But listen to what Paul writes in Galatians 2 verse 21. He says, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. So important that we don't treat the grace of God as meaningless. He says, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. We are saved by grace through faith. And I know this is foundational, but stick with me because we're headed somewhere with this. We're saved by grace through faith and we are then called by God to good works. Which, how do we accomplish those good works? We accomplish those good works through the grace of God using his gifts. Now we've just read Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 9. Let me read verse 10 to you this evening. I want to read it from the Amplified Translation. It says this, For we are his workmanship, God's own masterwork, a work of art. Just sit in that knowledge this evening as you listen to me share those words. Or wherever you are right now, maybe you're catching up with us later on, you've got the earphones in as you're driving to work. I don't know how you're listening to this or when you're listening to this, but listen to those words. You are God's workmanship. You are his masterpiece. You are a work of art. You have been created in Christ Jesus. You have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed. You are ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Now, as I said, some of you may be thinking, come on, this is foundational. I know this stuff, but listen, it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to live in the power and the revelation of it on a daily basis. And this is so important because if we understand that our salvation is given by God's grace and there's nothing that we can do to earn it, nothing that we can do to add to it, then we'll also understand that it's also true when it comes to these spiritual gifts. Because listen, a moment ago we said that the word for grace, what was it? Charis. We need to understand that the word for spiritual gifts is the word charisma. In the plural form, it's the word charismata. Essentially, it means this, grace gifts. That the word grace is not just that they might be given by God's grace. It's in the very name. They are grace gifts. They are unearned gifts. There's nothing that we can do to earn these gifts. In 1 Peter 4 verse 10, Peter writes, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. What is Paul saying? He's saying God has given each of you a charisma, a grace gift, a gift that's given to you and received by God's grace through faith, by the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, just as we didn't have to do anything but receive when it came to salvation and when it came to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as Pastor Andy's been speaking about on a Sunday morning, we shouldn't think with these gifts that we can earn them. So do you know what that does or what it should do? It gets rid of any pride. It gets rid of any achievement mentality. It gets rid of any envy because we can't attain these gifts through spiritual effort or through devotion or by how much you know about the Bible or how intelligent you are. None of those things matter because they are gifts given by God's grace. Think about it for a moment. If you had to 
hit a certain level of maturity in Christ, or if you had to know a certain amount of the Bible in order to gain these gifts, what would they be? They'd be rewards. They would be qualifications. They would be achievements. They wouldn't be gifts. Now here's the first key takeaway point on our introduction week where we're laying a foundation to build upon. Here's what I want you to know. All of this, all that we're gonna talk about in this series is relevant to you, to you watching me this evening, to you listening to me whenever you are listening to this. This is relevant to you. Now, why do I say that? Why am I passionate about you knowing this? Because this is not about spiritual gifts that are reserved for special Christians, whatever that even means. This is not for those with theological degrees or those who you feel more self-disciplined than you or those of you, those who are better prayers or studiers of a word than you. This is about you being a recipient of God's grace. You say, well, how, how can you be so certain you sound pretty confident in that yeah i am and one of those reasons is because of a context of what we've just read tonight think about this for a moment stick with me 1 corinthians chapter 12 where is that placed it's placed not in a book or a random thing it's placed in a letter and in that context that paul was writing to the church in corinth we need to understand that he didn't put chapters and verses in. That was put in later to help us to understand the Bible better. But this was one long letter that Paul was writing to the church in Corinth that would have been read aloud to all those people there. Now, why do I make that point? Because in the context of that letter, earlier on, he says things like this. He corrects them over some huge things. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 21. He has to correct the church because they're getting drunk during communion. I mean, think about that for a moment. Here is a church, they're having their moment of communion and they end up getting drunk as a result of a communion. And he warns them about that behaviour. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7, he corrects them because they're suing one another. They're taking one another to court. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1 to 2, he corrects them because one of the people are sleeping with their stepmother and those other people around them think that's something to be proud of. I mean, this is crazy. This is bizarre. Can you get the idea? And there's more that we could look at. But Paul sums it all up in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where he says, do you know what? You're all spiritually immature babies. Read it for yourself. He says you're infants. I want to give you the, the meat of God's word by now. But, but all you can do is just take in the milk, infantile milk. There's so much more God has for you. But because of your immaturity, he can't give it to you. And yet... 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to chapter 14 shows us that the Holy Spirit was operating his supernatural gifts through those same people. It's not something you can earn. Now, hear me clearly. Sin is wrong. It grieves the heart of God. Spiritual immaturity is nothing to be proud of. God wants your character transformed. Character matters to God. But I'm making that point to outline this, that the gifts of the Spirit are not achieved, they are received. They are grace gifts from the Holy Spirit to us. It's not about how well you perform, how good you are. Don't allow the enemy to trick you into believing that the gifts of the Spirit are not for you, that they're not available for you. No matter how long you've been saved, they're available to you. No matter how well you feel you perform as a Christian, whatever that even means, these gifts are available to you. They are a gift 
given through his grace, received by faith. God has gifted you. Not just those that you think are more spiritual than you or can pray better prayers than you. God has gifted you and he wants to use you. And yes, I've laboured this point, but it's so important that we get this because otherwise this whole series, you'll be listening to information and taking it in, but not thinking that it applies to you. We, we want more for you than that. We want that you gain the information through the series, but more than that, you then begin to allow the Holy Spirit to use you in different situations as he operate these gifts through you. But you'll never allow that to happen if you don't believe that you are in a place where you can receive these gifts. It's not about what you can achieve. These are gifts that are undeserved, unmerited, for goodness and favour of God, so that he can be glorified so here's the second part of your homework this week i've spoken about reading 1 corinthians chapter 12 here's something that i want you to do specifically this week before we get to next sunday evening and unpack the second part of this series here's what i want you to do i want you to spend some time each morning maybe you want to do it each evening i think it's just a great way to start the day just find some time, be it three or four minutes. It doesn't have to take four hours and you missed a bus or whatever it might be. Just some time in the morning or sometime during your day to set aside, remove distractions and just thank God for his gifts that he has available for you. Every day over the next seven days, just spend time, thank God that he has given you the Holy Spirit. But more than that, he has gifts that are available for you and begin to thank him that he's going to give them to you and that he has given them to you and it will do a couple of things it will renew your mind of Romans chapter 12 speaks about it's renewing the mind but for some of you where you felt you were disqualified you're going to realize it's not about being qualified or disqualified it's the grace of God that is going to give you these gifts another thing it will do for those of you who already operate in these gifts it will be a reminder that this is not about us this is not about our glory. This is not about what we can do or a sense of achievement. It's all the grace and the goodness of God flowing through our lives for the benefit of other people. So I'm excited about what we're going to discover together over the next five weeks. But it was so important that we laid this groundwork and this foundation today. That you know these next five weeks, they're applicable to you. Because you've been saved by grace through faith. And God now has good works for you to do that can be accomplished through his grace using his supernatural gifts. Not rewards, but supernatural gifts. Let's just pray as we end this teaching. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you that there's nothing that we can bring to the table in terms of our own achievement. But that doesn't matter. You love us so much and you have saved us through this supernatural grace that is unearned, unmerited. Father, I thank you that you don't just leave us there, but then you give us your Holy Spirit who comes and lives within us. Again, a person who is unearned, unmerited. But then you go even further and you give us spiritual gifts. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that over these coming weeks, people are not only going to learn about these gifts that you have given to them, but they're going to begin to operate in them in supernatural ways that are going to be for your glory and they're going to see people saved and healed and transformed father i just pray blessing over every single person who's watched this tonight or is catching up with this later on for those who are watching tonight who've got children returning to school tomorrow 
Father, I pray your peace and your favour upon each and every single child and every single parent and every single staff member. Lord, for those who are just living their life day to day, Father, I thank you that your blessing and your favour is upon them today, tomorrow and all the days that they live. Father, thank you for your word. Help us to be transformed by it. From glory to glory, we pray. Amen. I hope that that's helped you. And uh, let's get ready for next week. Let's read 1 Corinthians 12. Let's be thanking God for his grace. And let's be ready for all that he wants to do in us and for us. Have a great week.